vital, vital advice for your everyday life. I'm currently patiently waiting for Graham to just throw a complete kitty hissy fit because I'm in here and she's outside of the room and the door is closed. How dare I? Okay, I think she might have gotten distracted by something else. Welcome. Hello. I am so sorry that this episode is late. I had some health issues that came up that made it very hard for me to speak. And uh, when you can't speak, you really can't podcast. So it was kind of a rock in a hard place with that. So uh, I'm back. Hello. Um, This week's episode, I'm actually going to be doing a real vital advice episode. Everything up to this point has been, well, almost up to this point has been me basically starting from ground zero with you on some different journeys on trying to improve myself to be a better person to stop being such a a pessimistic shitty um, shitbag basically and showing you ways that I have found through professionals on how to you know get better okay so up to this point it has been that now I would like to actually share with you some professional sounding advice on something I have quite a bit of experience in. This is uh, basically if we were, if you were, if I was, (laughs) this is basically if I was sitting down with you and we had a glass of wine and you were having a hard time with this particular subject, I would be the person that has had every type of experience in this area, I can speak with full confidence on the best way to handle yourself in these situations and to get over them. Specifically, a person to get over. Like, I I have, I've got the info. I've got the golden nuggets. I have the golden ticket. We're going to Willy Walker's Chocolate Factory and it is just as scary as it sounds today. The vital advice I have for you today is rooted in the statement made by Maya Angelou, which is, when someone shows you who they are, believe them the first time. It's such good advice, and it sounds so simple, but it's really not, because, and I'll show you through both neuroscience and through psychology why that is very difficult for normal humans to do unless you are in full control of everything and normally we kind of fly on autopilot don't we so no judgment I have been there I'm going to show you how to take the reins though today I'm going to show you how to drive okay so we're going to start in the passenger seat of this driving lesson (laughs) okay you just sit there I'm going to bring into focus something I'm sure you have already heard someone say to you before I'm going to bring into focus the foundation here how many times, by, by a show of hands here in the studio audience, how many people here have heard a statement that summed up basically means, I don't see this going anywhere? Grim, you're not dying. You're really not, though. She just doesn't like to be left out. Hold on. I will bring her in to the studio audience to enjoy this with us. How does that sound? <laughs> Hold on. Yeah, hello. Welcome to the audience, baby girl. 
Okay, I am back. I'm actually going to turn it down a little bit. Okay, she's now beside me. I think she's going to be calm. All right. Okay, so back to what we were talking about. How many times have you heard the phrase, or at least summed up to mean, I don't see this going anywhere? And at first, you you hear that and you're like, okay, yeah, I see. I, I get that you are now not going to move forward in a romantic committed sense with me. But your brain and your body start to go out of alignment and you decide that for some inexplicable reason, you need to test the water and see if they will change or see if um, they just needed a little encouragement in the romance area that maybe um, if you just wait around a little bit longer, they'll figure it out. They'll see that... This relationship is actually worth it. That you're worth it. I'm sure that you've done this because if you're listening to this, you're like me and you've done it. I know exactly how it feels and it really does feel like you have hope. It feels like you really can do something with this and you want to. You really feel like in your gut of guts, you feel like this is the person for you and you really want to fix it. You really want it to go somewhere. So you stick around and you try a little harder and you almost have like a runner's high from it. Like you feel, you feel something, right? Is this ringing any bells? Okay. Neurologically speaking, this is a very natural thing to happen when you are rejected romantically. So when you're rejected romantically, the part of the brain that fires off is called the ventral tegmental area, and it's in the midbrain. And it's the same area of the brain you will feel motivation in. Oh, okay. So when I get rejected romantically, what you're saying is I now have motivation to try to do something about it. I wish this happened, like thinking about it, I wish that the midbrain, when you get rejected, instead of making us feel motivated to keep someone, became motivated to find someone else. Like, I, I wish it worked that way. And I'm pretty sure it doesn't matter where you align on the gender scale. Men, women, non-binary, all in between. Even if you're acting like you're going through your hoe phase, you're still longing for that person. You feel motivated to be with them. And that's why you, you don't commit to someone right away. You hold off on that. Interesting. I wish that that did that, but it didn't. The motivation is towards usually getting that person back <clears throat> or trying to prove why you are um, a valid person to be with. That uh, ventral tagmental area is also the part of the brain where you get the feelings of a reward, um, also addictions and cravings. So on one side of the scale, we have the motivation side and the reward side of it. And this part of the brain when you do things like competitions or if you're um, getting a reward in school and stuff like that, that feels really good for us. So we understand that there is this, this high coming or the idea of like, this is a good thing. And that's why it feels like such a good idea when you are rejected romantically to try to continue to pursue that person because you're seeking that reward and you have motivation for that reward from them. But the other side of it is also the part of the brain, like I said, where you feel addictions and cravings. And so you also have that side of it affecting your decision-making skills. 
And that part of the brain that has the addictions and craving actually makes more sense why that fires off um, when you understand the psychology of what's going on. If you understand attachment styles, which we've talked about before, and so many other people have touched on this in just the world in general right now, it's a very hot, popular topic to talk about. You understand that they're secure, anxious, and avoidant styles in general. And those styles, if they are not secure, the other two come into play here when you get romantically rejected. There is also a part of you that if you've had any past trauma, CPTSD can come into play here. If you have CPTSD and if you have an anxious and sometimes avoidant depending on your symptoms, and but specifically an anxious attachment style, you are prone to doing something uh, called limerence in your relationships with people. And I don't mean in committed relationships. I mean when you are associating with someone and you have romantic feelings for them, you will create a narrative for them. Does this sound familiar? Is this ringing any bells? Because for me, it definitely does. In fact, like my earliest memories of like adolescent crushes, I had fantasies, stories, actual plot lines and characters involved. So this seems to be something that rings true for me and I'm going to introduce it to you and give you advice on how to overcome this because actually as nice as it sounds and in some ways it has helped you a lot in your life, it sucks when it comes to romantic relationships. So limerence is affecting your perspective on a person. It is defined as a state of infatuation or obsession with another person that is involved in an all-consuming passion and intrusive thoughts within your head. This has absolutely nothing to do with that other person or what they're doing. It's all about what you are imagining and how you are romanticizing the interactions that you have with them. Um, it's described by some psychologists as even like a magical way of thinking about them. Like they're they're the unicorn, they're the fairy, they're the, the Peter Pan, they're the Prince Charming kind of in your life. And it creates a rose-colored glasses perception on your interaction, friendship, relationship with that person. This is usually where situationships and non-committal friends with benefit type situations are dangerous if you have CPTSD because you are imagining it differently than what they are saying it is and what they're showing you it is because you create a romanticized fantasy version of your perception of the world with them. Suddenly, a normal, average, ordinary person becomes super special in your eyes. They have almost magical powers when you look at them. They, they know you so well. There's no one in the world like them. They have just some a certain je ne sais quoi when you are interacting with them, right? Is that actually true though? Or are you imagining that about them and they're just a normal Joe Schmo? To understand limerence, there are three steps in this process. And I'm sure you can identify within yourself when you've done a limerence within your perception based on these steps because as I learned about it I was like I can literally pinpoint how it happens in my relationships okay so 
The first step is called infatuation, which natural, you become infatuated people. That's a very natural first step. However, within limerence, this is where the feelings of that person uh, being special start, where they're, they're, they're now somehow significantly different from anyone else in the world. They become the unicorn in this first step. The next step is called crystallization. Now you have a full story for them. You have a full idea of what your future is going to to play out with this unicorn. You have this fantasized idea about what everything they do means, how every interaction just increases your importance in their life, and that no matter what they say or do, you are so special and they are so special and this is a special, super special, unique thing. Unfortunately, the third step is was called deterioration. Deteri- sorry, I don't know why I can't speak. Deteriorization. This is where you start to realize that they're actually who they are. And so your fantasies of them will deteriorate because it wasn't real. That wasn't them. You weren't infatuated with a real thing. You were infatuated with the story that you were telling about them. Again, this has served you in your youth, probably helping you to escape hard school situations even like don't look at having a tendency to have limericks in your life as something bad. However, it is something you need to have 100% control over in order to, um, I would say, have healthy interactions in your dating life. It's very often for a person to ha- um, that has a kind of limerick perspective on things to use romanticized terms when talking about the person that they have this fantasy with. They'll use terms like soulmate, it's fate, love at first sight, undying connection, meant to be, no one understands me like they do. And usually it has absolutely no foundation in reality when they make these statements. It is purely on their perception so if like you were talking to your best friend about Henry who you went on a single date with and you were like it's fate he's my one true love I'm telling you we are soulmates your best friend's gonna be like you literally met him for two hours how do you know this and you're like oh 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 I know I could feel it Like I could feel it in my bones. My soul rejoiced when he sat down at the Starbucks. (laughs) (laughs) If you have no foundation within a relationship to make these claims, it's a not good idea to believe in them. You are allowing yourself to believe those things, by the way. No one is forcing you into a reality. Like this is not... This is not Inception. This is more like sucker punch, okay? Like you're going there. (laughs) No one put you there. And where those first initial infatuation terms of like, I think it's love at first sight aren't like, they're not technically all that bad, really. They're not technically, but it sets yourself up for failure when you are later down the road and that person rejects you. And that person rejects you. You're going to have that fantasy still playing out. And that you're going to have a new reality to have to now try to fit your narrative. 
like you're now going to be like but secretly i know he does love me he's just scared (laughs) secretly i know we're meant to be this is faded so if i wait around a little longer for him to break up with his new girlfriend that he actually wanted to commit to maybe then he'll see that she was a piece of shit she's gonna break his heart anyway and we're meant we're, we're soulmates we're so connected he's gonna realize it one day So meanwhile, he's living his life and you're not living yours. Living within a limerick is ignoring the telltale signs of they're just not that into you because it doesn't fit your story. And that, my lovely, beautiful honeybees, is where I have fallen victim to my own fantasies in the past. And I can tell you with clarity now that it was not worth my time and energy and hope holding on to that person for that story to continue in my head because it had a nightmarish turn it never has a happy ending when you are putting a story over the real person the real person that you are choosing has already left okay like look at it this way I'm going to give you a story scenario to to kind of base this off. Something that is not actually me or and it's not anything that's ever happened to me. But I'm going to use it as a way to demonstrate why this is dangerous. Let's say I have been talking to casually with no commitment Ellen Cumming. So our interactions, me and me and Ellen have been chatting romantic talk. Like it's been flirtatious. And we have gone out and seen each other in public areas, but never have we officially, like I paid for my own stuff, he paid for his own stuff, like that kind of like interaction, all right? I'm at a park with him and I have decided through my own fabrication that we're, we're moving somewhere. This is, uh, this is just the first step, you know, like we're, uh, he's uh, definitely interested And so I decide to reach out and hold his hand because I'm really excited to touch him. You know, like this, this is my future boyfriend. And Alan receives my hand, but won't look at me now. And I can see that he's becoming uncomfortable. So I'm like, well, what's wrong, honey? And he drops the bomb on me. He says, I'm not really looking for anything right now. And I really like you and I love spending time with you. And I, and I, I honestly love flirting with you. Um, I just don't want anything serious. Oh, okay. On the outside, I take it. I'm like, okay, I take in his stride. I understand. I even maybe even look at, let go of his hand. Maybe I don't. Maybe I, I actually keep holding his hand because I like it. And I, I convince myself that's okay. But I definitely don't break it off. I just go, oh, okay, yeah, I understand. Because now my midbrain is giving me motivation, even though I just got rejected. And I have a level of addiction to his attention because of my anxious attachment style. And I want that. And I will find any ways possible to make this work into my advantage uh, out of just the hope that it will do something. Nothing else, just that hope. I am now addicted to rewrite that story to an ending that I would prefer. 
which is him changing his mind. And I will believe that is real over the reality that is before me. I have essentially given them more than enough rope to hang me with from the romanticized fantasy I was making through my own limericks because I was motivated to make it work when they have already completely jumped ship out of that being an option. I, like Jack, Captain Jack Sparrow jumped off and I'm like, wait, no, look at all this rope you can hang me with. Wait, don't you want to do this? I, wait, I thought we were something special. So I've now decided to, from this interaction where he's not, oh, he's not really looking for anything serious, but maybe, but maybe, oh, those but maybe statements. Look out for those. But maybe what he didn't say was that he's just not sure right now. He says he's not looking for anything, but maybe he just means in the present moment he isn't sure about us. And so I now, if I stay and I show him how secure he can be within my my nice warm embrace, then he'll get the idea and want to stay. I can change this. Oh, yeah. So I'm doing this instead of just rooting myself into the reality of what he said and basing my following choices off of what I actually want for my future. If that works for me or not, I have to make that choice. But instead, I'm making up a reality choice instead, like a a fabricated romanticized fantasy to choose over those, those reality choices I could be choosing. And... This is the part that I honestly find so harmful and why I really, I really want to emphasize stop fantasizing because this is honestly only going to do more harm and bring you more irrational thoughts and anxiety than it will ever do to benefit you. And by the way, if you really are having feelings for Alan in this situation, if I really have feelings for Alan, let's get into this. If I really have true honest feelings for Alan when he rejected me I would have respected his choices and respected the fact that he did not want to have any kind of romantic relationship with me and not come up with this fantasy idea where I can somehow push him into a romantic relationship with me I wouldn't be hiding behind the facade of understanding I wouldn't be hiding behind a mask of I I understand you're not anything with me you're not going to pursue anything with me and inwardly be plotting his like downfall into a relationship that's not loving him I need to respect his choices and not do anything further and also it's harmful for you. That's not loving yourself when you can't be your honest self with someone and you're letting go of everything you could be doing to find true love out there. You're, you're not loving yourself. You are abandoning yourself. I don't recommend this. Choose the reality. Do not choose the story. I think that's the, that's the tagline. Choose the reality. Okay, so I've got a question for you. If you are currently doing this shit, I have a question I want you to actually answer out loud. What makes them so special that if you wouldn't put up with an excuse someone else gave you of the similar sort, why would you make excuses for them on their behalf? Why are they so special that you get to make up excuses for them and accept them that, that as reality? I'm sorry, did, did, they, did they get dipped in gold as a child? 
do they actually are they from are they from hogwarts are they actually magic no <gasps> you mean they're just normal people oh okay so what you're saying is is you shouldn't be making excuses for them oh okay and any excuse you would not have accepted from anyone else on this planet should not be acceptable when they do it, even if you've made it up. Because that's your standard. And we stick to our standards. Okay, good, great. Now, not, not, that doesn't mean that I think that you should never give someone the benefit of the doubt. This is not talking about the benefit of the doubt. I do actually believe in giving people the benefit of, of the doubt and not putting words in their mouth, which, by the way, putting words in their mouth and coming up with a narrative of worst case scenario is still creating a fantasy. So, no, I'm not a big fan of that. I am a huge, huge fan. Oh, God, my cat just ran into a box. <laughs> Grim, you good? What a dumbass. <laughs> She's over here now. She ran around the bed. You good? Okay. What was I saying? Okay. I am a huge fan of only taking the words that have been said to me. Yeah. Did you did you get a concussion? You dumbass. <laughs> she's not laying beside me. I think she's a little. She got a little scared when she ran into the box. <laughs> oh, cats. You know. Let me tell you. Okay, so I'm a huge fan, now that I'm completely derailed, I'm a huge fan of taking things exactly as they're said to me, exactly as they're shown to me, and not reading between the lines and not cr creating a, narr a narrative for them. If someone says, I'm busy, well, they're busy. If they have not texted me, there's nothing behind that. There was no, there was no evil plot. I'm going to upset her today. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to leave her on red and I'm, uh, I'm going to make her feel pain. Yeah, that's the plan. No, there was no plan. There there was no sports conference. There was no there was no in the locker room plan on the chalkboard written out on how this person is going to ruin your day and ruin your weekend. That didn't happen. They literally had no plan. It meant nothing. Okay? No pettiness behind anything they did. Unless they said, I'm particularly perturbed with you. Do not assume they are particularly particularly perturbed with you. Okay? I mean, that's only just going to save you energy, honestly, if you think about it. In, in the movie, you've got Mail after he st stood her up at the cafe, which was a very simple choice that he made. They came up with this whole scenario of, well, maybe like he, you know, like got fell down the stairs and his both his arms are broken. And so like he can't type an email to tell you why he's not there. And um, maybe he he lost all of his money and now he can't find a payphone to call you to let you know that he can't come or all these different things like he he has no. I think, like, in that movie, they also said, like, maybe he was in jail and he had one phone call and the phone call was for his lawyer. So that's why he didn't call the cafe to let you know he wasn't coming. Like, they went down a whole rabbit hole when the actual truth was very simple. He just didn't come. Period. Don't overcomplicate things. So first step uh, in combating your limerick, um, 
mindset, I would say definitely is that, is take it at face value. Okay? So don't create a, uh, don't create a narrative. Take it at face value. The next step I would say would be to uh, look for patterns. Do they constantly do that? Are they always leaving you on red? Are they always waiting for you to start the conversation? Are they always saying they're going to call and then never call? Are they constantly having group hangouts instead of making a date? Like, look for the pattern and don't create a narrative. Just take it at face value. Okay? And this, and this also means like on things that they say to you as well. Look for patterns in the way that they talk to you. In fact... I'm going to give you some examples of things that have actually been said to me that I have misinterpreted in my fantasy brain. And I was like, what a unicorn. Wow. Instead of being like, oh, actually, should I listen to what they're saying? So I'm going to give you exactly what they said to me and what that actually meant. Because I know that there are other people who are hearing these, if not identical phrases, but at least around the same ballpark of these phrases that are being misinterpreted. And I'm going to stop that shit now. You are not going to create a narrative off of these statements, okay? Take them for what they are. In fact, like, in regards to that statement of take it at face value, I want you to think of it this way. <laughs> Here's another story for you. Think of it as if you were talking to this person and they told you that they do not believe in the Loch Ness Monster. Very clear-cut idea. They, that person, does not believe that the Loch Ness Monster exists. Would you secretly be hoping that they actually do believe in the Loch Ness Monster? Or would you be able to trust their word on that? Would you be able to let go of a story of actually maybe secretly within his little boy brain, loves the Loch Ness Monster and is trying to protect it. And so the less people that believe in it, the longer Nessie will live. Oh, wow. What a loving guy. So protective. Much love. No. <laughs> I have a feeling you'd just be like, oh, so he doesn't believe in the Loch Ness Monster. Because that's what he said. Hmm? Okay. Just trust his word on that. Okay, so these next statements, the reason why you get confused by them, by the way, is because most people are going to try to soften the blow to you. So they're going to be as honest as they can be while also trying not to be a jackass. So here are some phrases. I don't want to be in a relationship right now. What this means is I really don't want to be in a relationship right now and especially not one with you. However, if someone else comes along that I'm feeling it with, I'll probably commit to them. And in the meantime, if you're still DTF, then maybe I'm here. I'm just letting you know this will never, ever be anything serious. That's what that statement means. Okay? They're going to love getting the physical attention and emotional attention from you, but they're not planning on ever making you into anything serious. So don't buy into that. Now, if that is okay with you and you are in a headspace where you were okay with being in a non-committal um, situationship, whatever type of relationship you want to classify that under, then go for it. But don't lie to yourself about wanting to be in that if that's not actually what you're looking for. 
don't try to keep them just because you like them and you feel like liking them is enough. Be honest with yourself and don't tell a story to yourself either. Ooh, the next one. I don't like labels (laughs) or it's more fun if we play this low key. What that actually means is I will never call you my girlfriend and I will not tell anyone about our relationship. So no matter how intimate, no matter how romantic this guy is with you behind closed doors, you are not his girlfriend. You will never be his girlfriend and they will never know that you exist. All right. You will never be posted on their social media. You will never be tagged in anything. And you need to make the reality choice of am I okay with this? Am I not okay with this? Not that. Well, maybe eventually he will be. Also, if someone makes that statement to you, this is a pretty much clear sign. I would say this is a clear sign that they're trying to use you. If you're okay with that, fine. But don't take them into the unicorn scenario where they're they're so loving and so kind that they're trying to protect you. No, they're using you, honey. They're not trying to protect you. No matter how sweet they act to you, and I know they will be because people that I have interacted that have said these things to me have been very sweet. Don't, don't play into that. That's your fantasy, honey. Okay. Uh, Here's one that has played off in a fantasy in my head in a negative way that I honestly feel like I need to express here. And that is the statement, I'm really busy right now. I get so angry when people tell me that they're busy because to me, it sounds like, oh, so you're, you're, you're ignoring me. You're, you're not, I'm not important. And to some degree that is true, but I would rather you look at it this way. They are busy. They have priorities, which will get the effort that they have and the energy that they have in their day. And they have to prioritize them. And you have now just been told that you will not be one of those priorities in their day. That does not make them a villain. That does not make them evil. That does not mean that they're they're mean. It just means that they had to choose and it wasn't you. And that's all the information that you need. <laughs> okay, who's heard this one? I need to learn about myself and understand relationships a little bit more before I, I do anything serious with anyone at all. <laughs> Okay, so this one to me and in my experience and my experience has been true means that they're just not emotionally available. So that's what all you need to know. They're not going to be emotionally open to you. Here's a good one. I don't see myself settling down. What that means is I will not settle down with you no matter how long you wait, no matter Things that you see I do with children that you can imply that I would be a good father. Do not read into those signs because he just said to you, I don't see myself settling down. There is no future family with me. Now, if you don't want a family, you don't want that kind of commitment. That works for you. But if it doesn't, choose the reality, not the fantasy. This next statement Um, I don't like, but has been said to me, and I'm going to tell you what it actually means. I'm just not sure about us. 
I just feel really confused right now. Okay. Everyone that has ever told a limerick to themselves, this is not a challenge. This is not a challenge for you to step up to bat. Step down, batter, batter, step down. This is a statement telling you, I currently have one foot stepped out the door. I am letting you know in the nicest way possible that I'm about to pull the other foot out too. Okay. They're confused. Uh Uh-uh. You shouldn't be confused if you love me. I'm not sure about us. Why aren't you sure about us? You should know if you want to spend time with me. You should know if you want to commit to me. You should know that. That is something that every person should know. And if they don't know, or they say they don't know, they really do. They just don't want to hurt you. Sorry to say it, but it's true. Next statement um, actually pisses me off. But it has been said, and I know other people have heard these phrases, so I'm going to say it. I owe it to myself to explore my options right now. (laughs) Meaning dating options. The only thing you need to hear from this, no other story that you need to tell yourself, is you ain't it. You have not made the cut. You will not pass go. You will not collect $200. I'm sorry, you will not be continuing down America's Next Top Model Pathway. Pack up your goods and go. That's what it means. There is nothing else, okay? I owe myself to explore other options. You're not that option that I want. I saw you. I dated you. I did the thing with you to know if I was going to pursue things with you. And I now know I'm going to explore other people. Ooh, no, no. Now, again, if you're cool with that, that's your choice. But don't make a fantasy of, well, this is a challenge. I need to now be the best option. I must now hide my true self behind a facade of everything he ever wanted in his fantasies and match that so he stays with me. Ew, no. Now, you might have had a lot of things that he was looking for, but it is as painful as it sounds, you might not have had enough of what he thinks he needs in a relationship to stay. Either way, when they make that statement of, I need to explore other options, it also implies that they would be okay if you stuck around and like fed their emotional and sexual needs. But if you left, they'd be, they'd be chill. They have another batter to come up to bat anyway. Does that sound appealing? Girl, you deserve better. Okay, the most important statement I am going to make that I want everyone to hear very loud and clear when they make the statement of, I don't see this going anywhere. What that phrase means is, I really don't see this going anywhere. This is where the progression of the relationship is stopping. This is the last stop on the train. This is no longer the love boat. Please leave. That's what that means. There is no challenge to rise to. There is no happy ending at the end of the, of the tunnel. Okay, this is it. Step off. Another way of saying this is uh, the phrase that I brought up in a previous podcast episode, the phrase, we're not compatible. We know that's an excuse now. But it also is our excuse to stop trying to make things work with someone who is not choosing us. And we leave, okay? We need to stop holding on hope for people who have completely emotionally checked out. We deserve people who are checking in every day and making that effort with us. 
you are more than enough for someone to be certain about. And if they're showing a pattern of constantly avoiding addressing anything to do with moving moving things into any direction of commitment, safety, and security, you can drop as many hints as you want about hoping for a change, but they're never going to do that. If they're telling you can't talk right now and never call you back, never call them back. That's my advice to you. In fact, here's some very important facts to hold on to when you're stuck in this loop of creating a fantasy for someone who's checked out. I've created them for myself and I'm sharing them with you because they work. Okay, here's the first one. If you can't trust them in their word for not being interested in pursuing anything with you, how can you trust the story that you made that they love you? How can you trust them even if they decide to say, hey, I love you, when you didn't trust them when they said, I'm not interested? You can't. You've just built a foundation of lies. You sit on a throne of lies. (laughs) The second statement I want you to keep clear. In fact, I would honestly recommend writing these down, putting them on your bathroom mirror, in your car, wherever you need them to remind you of your worth. The next statement that I has gotten me through fantasizing is what benefit is there in waiting for this guy who's checked out when there is a guy out there who will never say those words to me? That person out there, you will be attracted to them. They will be attracted to you and they won't be a fantasy and they will fulfill every last one of your romantic, healthy romantic needs. So what benefit is there in trying to A, change this person who has already determined you're a no and B, trying to prove your worth like a circus animal in front of someone who isn't paying attention? What benefit? Tell me the benefit. This isn't Bridgerton. There is no Simon who pretends to be uninterested to protect himself from love. Nor is there an Anthony who is secret in love with you while actively pursuing someone else. That isn't reality. Believe what they are showing you, not your fantasy. If they are pursuing someone else, they're not pursuing you secretly. Period. Now that you know these things and you have these phrases for you to hold on to, to to ground you and root you into reality, here are some steps to completely move on from these people. First step, you got to emotionally detach. Well, how do you do that? It sounds so simple when you say it, but have you ever tried it? Yeah, I have. And it took a really long time. And it's still kind of is an everyday effort that I have to make. So I'm speaking from experience when I say you have to do this because if you don't, you will be stuck. And it will not be fun to try to unstick yourself from this. You will be in a cycle of hurt if you don't. Okay, so fucking detach. Detach, detach, detach. I will slap you if you don't. After you detach, you find someone better. And that person will not be a fantasy. You're not going to have to make shit up in order to be with them. But the guy that I that I like, he really is just so amazing. He's so perfect for me. I'm telling you, you don't get it. He really is my soulmate. He really is the only person that 
truly understands me. Okay, fine. Let's play into that idea. Let's say eventually down the road, you wear them out. You finally wear them down and they commit to you. In fact, they decide, you know, you are now the only person on this planet who has decided to accept every little piece, little small breadcrumb that they've thrown to you. You're willing to accept garbage. So they're going to keep you around because they could treat you however they want. You are willing to accept absolute trash. Therefore, now you're getting married. What would the, what would the toast at your wedding sound like made by your maid of honor about this couple situation? Because you know your friends know about him. Oh yeah, you've cried to them enough times. They know all the ins and outs. What would their what would their toast about watching you two grow and love together sound like? Let's imagine this for a second. Let's say Harry and Lori is one of these people. Here's what I imagine their uh, maid of honor's toast would sound like. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna get into their the bridesmaid's voice. Okay, just a second. <laughs> when harry and laurie started dating sorry they never actually really dated harry insisted on that anytime we tried to imply say or even tag them as such in on social media that they're just close friends but we all knew that they were fucking (laughs) sorry grandma but it's true Even though Harry would never let us take pictures of them together and they never held hands and they never kissed publicly and they never called each other cute names, we all knew, even though she had zero presence on his social media, that they were a thing and they would eventually end up together. So imagine our surprise when we got our wedding invitation and it had pictures of them together. It must be your first. Isn't that right, Lori? First picture together. Your wedding invitation. After three years of secretly dating. Oh, Lori, remember that one time that you secretly went on vacation together? And uh, you two uh, were all alone and he left his phone unlocked and you saw all of the girls that he was DMing and taking out on dates and liking their pictures and hitting it off on Snapchat with. You cried for an hour on the bathroom floor in that hotel while he slept because you didn't want him to know that you were upset about it. I remember that, honey. And remember what I said then? Leave his ass. But Lori didn't. No, she was a trooper. She stuck around. And here we are. You're married now, Lori. I guess you won. Congrats to the happy couple. That does not sound very nice. But that is what your dating story sounds like to everyone else. You can do better. I would rather be my toast talking about how hard that guy worked to be in my, uh, me and my romantic circle, how much he adored me and worshiped me and how much I adored and worshiped him and how we lifted each other up and we're partners, how everyone knew we were together and we were proud about that. We boasted about each other on social media. We, we were, we were an actual couple and everyone knew because we called each other. So we gave each other the label. You have the ability today to let go of this guy who is a fantasy and find someone real who will be all of those things for you. No person on this planet 
is so unique that you can't find those good qualities that you see in him in someone so much better for you and so much more emotionally available. If he exists in this world, I want you to hear this statement. If that guy exists, there is another one out there just like him. He is the example that that exists in this world. And there is another person who has those exact qualities that you could be with who will commit to you. So let go. Go find him. My mom used to say, where there's one, there's more. And I used to hate that statement because I was like, but it's not him. (laughs) But it's not him, mom. No, it's not him. He's kind of not worth your time. But there's someone out there who has those good qualities who is worth your time. Now you know that you like that. So go find those qualities. In fact, what makes you think you can't find that again? What are you telling yourself about yourself that makes you think you can't find that? What makes you so special, as Matthew Hussey would say? What makes you so special that you are the only one out there who can't find someone just like that, just like everyone else has. What makes you so special that you can't move on? Oh, you're not special? Oh, you're just like everyone else and you have the potential just like everyone else to do this? Hmm, okay. Glad to see you back in reality. Hi, welcome back. It's actually pretty okay out here, okay? We can touch things out here. It's real. Like There are people with like actual titles instead of hiding out here. Okay, so like I said earlier, how to emotionally detach. The very first thing that I would recommend when you're trying to detach from someone that you have this type of very intimate connection with um, in your head (laughs) is to write what I call an ick list. That's what I said, like getting the ick. Whatever they have done that has given you the ick, whatever they have done that has disrespected you, whatever you have, whatever they have done that is a no in your standards, you write an entire list of all of those things. Because when you try to create a limerick, when you start to go down that spiral of creating a narrative of, wait, 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 well, maybe um, the reason why he hasn't texted me today is because he thinks I don't want to talk to him. And I have to reach out to give him like that little olive branch so he knows I'm not mad at him and he can talk to me and I want to talk to him. Before you go down that spiral, you're going to look at that list of every last thing that he's ever done to disrespect you. Every last thing that's given you the ick. Every last thing that is way below your standards, honey. And you're going to remind yourself that that's the person that you're trying to talk to. He did all those things. I actually had to do this for preppy. I had such a fantasy in my head for him until one day I was having a really bad time with my family. There were... There were health issues and people were in hospitals and I was not able to be there for any of these people in my life and I desperately needed comfort and a feeling of security and for someone to just be on the phone with me and he said that he was going to call but then he got an invitation to go and watch the MMA fights in a bar with his friends And went and did that instead of giving me that phone call while I was literally sobbing in a closet. And he knew I was. That is the person that I am keeping around in a fantasy in my head. That is the biggest ick. 
when people say they're going to call and they know I am in emotional distress, when they know that I am seeking comfort from them and I have reached out saying, hey, tonight, I know you don't have time right this moment, but tonight, can you please call and talk so that I can get my mind off of this? And they disrespect you by choosing a fucking MMA fight that they can watch the next day online in a bar overdoing that for you. Uh Uh-uh. No, that is the biggest ick. That is a huge ick for me. So I made that, I put that on his list. And I remember that night, anytime I ever wanted to talk to him, anytime I wanted to get comfort from him, because what you're going to do is you're going to try to continue to get comfort from them because they become that person to you. But that's what they did the last time you tried to get comfort from them. That's a big ick. Oh no. So yeah, I've done it. I highly, highly recommend that. The next step after that, once you have your ick list, is anytime that you're trying to seek comfort from that person, anytime you're trying to reach out to that person and get whatever emotional addiction feel of 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 reward from that interaction that you're thinking you're going to get, I want you to write down how that scenario would go in your head. Write down that fantasy, exactly how you want it to go, and realize from those things that's what you're looking for in a relationship and compare it to the ick list. They're not giving that to you. That's not their pattern. And so I need Graham to stop scratching on her scratch board. Thank you. And I need you to practice this. I actually did this the other day without actually writing it down. I was trying to use manifesting as a way of like placing in my detachment process while I was also uh, doing manifesting. So I'll tell you that story, shall I? I, for the life of me, don't know why I thought this, but I thought that I had been bitten by a venomous spider and I'm new to Georgia. I'm only going to be here for a little while. And the person that I had been in a situation with previously is a native to Georgia. And I was panicking. And I, I didn't know what to do except for to try to FaceTime them because this is what I used to do with them when we were in a situation and try to get confirmation and comfort from them. And they didn't answer. And so I ended the call and then they immediately texted me, hello, (laughs) which meant that they had the phone on them the whole time, but they did not answer for whatever reason. It's not my place to put in what they were doing. All I know is that they could have answered and instead they decided to text me, which is a huge ick for me. I don't accept that from my friends unless you're saying, hang on a moment, I have to go do something or I'm in the grocery store, whatever it is. If they don't make an effort to call me back, it's a huge ick. So I ended the conversation like immediately because I was like, that's a no. Period. That's on my ick list. No. I then created a fantasy in my head of manifesting a person in my life who would have done exactly what I wanted in that situation, what I was seeking in that situation, which is I just wanted someone to look at my arm, tell me it was going to be okay, and comfort me. 
I wanted the security and safety of someone who cared enough about me that no matter what the situation was, because I honestly don't call people and I definitely don't FaceTime people that often. So when I do it, it's in a situation where I really need someone right that second to talk to me. Normally, I'm good with just text messages or Snapchat, like a snap message that can that can wait. I like to respect people's time that way. So when I call, it means something. And I need someone who when they see I'm calling you, that they know that that's not something I normally do and it's important to answer the phone call no matter what. So I held myself on my bed and I imagined this conversation with this person who is there for me and would leave whatever they're doing that they're busy with answer the phone call look at my arm say that is not a venomous spider bite it looks like maybe you got a rash or I don't know what it is but I can tell you you're okay you're gonna be okay and you're safe and I felt so much better because that feeling I was bringing into the room through my manifestation of that person that I know is going to exist in my life who is going to do that made me feel those feelings that I was supposed that I was seeking out from someone who is not emotionally available for me. That's right, Grim. You know, girl. You've been there. Yeah, you've seen it all, girl. So I do recommend those two lists. And you can see that I've actually put them into practice and they work for me. I recommend. The last thing that I think you need to do, especially if you are a person who has the tendency to uh, create those uh, limericks in your head over someone, is you need to start limiting contact, if not just cutting them out entirely, blocking them. Block their ass. And this is not because they're a bad person. I don't want you to take away that I'm saying that like anyone that has... Um, turned you down is now the villain or anyone that wants to engage in a situation ship friends with benefits situation is the villain they're not the villain they're not a bad person they actually are probably amazing people but what I'm saying is that the more contact you have with them the more fuel you have to feed your fairy tale you need to snuff that shit out all right so you need to use your self-control and don't listen to your fantasies Because you're going to panic one day and you're going to be like, they still are that person to me. No, they're not. Okay. Don't talk to them. The last step I have is don't read into anything that they do. They're watching your Insta stories. That means nothing. They sent you a fire emoji. That means nothing. They are not sending you clear cut statements about wanting to be with you and interested in taking you out on a date and know that you're the, the one for them then you have absolutely nothing to read into. They do not have that control over your emotions anymore. If they do, in fact, I do believe that it's a therapist's advice to stop looking at who looks at your story because like, why do you care if they saw it or not? Also, stop sending things out into the internet for them to react to on purpose because you're just setting yourself up for an anxiety attack. You're creating this fantasy of yourself for them to look at instead of just living your truth. It's not, it's like you, you won't even know what their reaction is anyway. So stop trying to like fuel the fire and just let it die out. 
let that flame completely go. I really am empathetic towards anyone who is going through this. I have gone through this. I'm still going through through with it. Like the example of the spider bite the other day, like I'm, I still have to try every day. So I am not saying this from a place of like holier than thou or like you, you people, it's so simple. Why don't you just do it? Because I know how hard it is and I know how much you want it and I, I get it. I know how they feel so special to you. They do feel like a unicorn and they do feel like they are the only ones on this planet who understand you and you feel like it's something special this time. I get it. But they are not seeing it that way. And that's what's important. A relationship is a two-way street and I, two to tango, that's the way I function. And I highly recommend it because your anxiety level will plummet. You will feel so much peace when you do this. You will feel so much more confident about yourself and you will start seeing more of your self-worth if you do this. Graham! Any time that you need to remember these, listen to this episode again, write down the advice that I've given you. It works. You can at least leave this episode knowing that what you're doing right now with me in this podcast, it works. You don't have to be hopeless about I don't know what to do about it. But you have to be ready. And if you're not ready, I understand. Take your time to be ready because I had to be ready too. That is all I have for this episode. I hope that you're leaving this with a little bit more confidence and more motivation in the correct path. And I hope you're being very kind to yourself. If you would like to reach out to me, please let me know on Instagram or on Snapchat. They're both listed. Yeah, I've added my Snapchat. (laughs) Both listed in the description box of this episode. If you're enjoying anything that I am doing on this podcast, please follow, share, with anyone else that might like these episodes as well. And I I truly appreciate everyone that listens every week. I see, I'll see you. And uh, thank you for always coming back and sharing this time with me. Again, I'm so sorry that this episode is late. Um, unforeseen health reasons sometimes pop up and um, I can't control them. So <laughs> next week, hopefully again on Thursday, I will be able to reach out to you guys again and have a more exciting topic to talk about. All right, that's it. Enjoy your weekend. Goodbye, my loves.